This is an All Ears English Podcast, Episode 277, Three Strategies to Remember Someone's Name in English with Alan Headbloom. Welcome to the All Ears English Podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection, when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. In today's episode, you'll meet our guest, Alan Headbloom, and he'll show you three strategies to remember someone's name in English. You'll also learn the most common names in American culture and why it's important to remember them to connect with people. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed. As a business owner myself, I've learned that the most important key to success is having a great team, but it can be time consuming reading through tons of resumes. Need to hire a great candidate at your company? Why not eliminate the busy work? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so that you can connect with candidates faster. Just in the minute that I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. So join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash A-E-E. Just go to Indeed.com slash A-E-E right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash A-E-E. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome to All Ears English. Today we have a special guest on our show. Our guest today is an intercultural trainer, a professional English teacher, and a talk show host. He frequently appears as a speaker on topics such as cultural diversity and workplace inclusion. He lives in Michigan, USA, where he and his wife produce the show Feel Like You Belong, a show about immigrants creating a new life in the U.S. Our guest is here today to talk about how to connect with people by remembering their names. Our guest is Alan Headbloom. Hey, Alan, welcome. Thanks, Lizzie. Lindsay, it's a real pleasure to be with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. We've been wanting to have you on the show for about a year and a half now, so I'm glad you're finally here. And I'm excited to talk to you today about why it's so important, especially in American culture, to remember people's names. Why do you think that is, Alan? Well, if you think about it, Lindsay, it's really our most basic possession. It's our identity. Ever since we were children, our parents and others called us by this name. And there's an old saying that goes, the sweetest sound to the human ear is that of one's own name. I love that quote. And it is so true because I know in my experience, when I talk with someone just like this here today, we're using each other's names. It really makes you feel closer to the person. It makes you feel like you're being recognized as a human being, doesn't it? Absolutely. And Lindsay, I have a funny story to share with you on this topic. 
when I was out in public with my daughters, they needed to catch my attention, but I was distracted and I couldn't hear them calling, Dad, Dad, Dad. Then they switched to Alan. I immediately turned around to see who was calling me. <laughs> so I know it's, it's strange in American culture for kids to address their parents by their first names. But, you know, in this, they figured out how to get my attention in a noisy space. Yeah, it's important because so many people go by the name of dad, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but you re- it is true that the sweetest sound in in the in your language is the name is your is your name. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, let's break this down into some actionable tips for our listeners. So, if we know it's so important to remember someone's name, how can we actually do it? What are your tips when we're out meeting people in in an English-speaking space? How can we be sure to remember and use their name? Well, the first thing is, if especially if you're not from that culture, and it can go mm-hmm. both ways, Americans meeting international folks or uh, inter- international students in the U.S. meeting Americans. If the names are strange to you, it just doesn't sound like a name. So when a person's introduced to you, I always recommend just ask them to repeat it because it didn't quite sound right, and you may have to ask them to repeat it a second time, but believe me. If their name is difficult to say, you are not the first person to have a hard time with this name. So you might want to just practice ahead of time saying something like this. "Mm, Your name is a little difficult for me, but I'd really like to get it right. And I think that that communicates a commitment to that person that, you know, your name's important to you. I will make it important to me in this relationship. Uh, The person will appreciate it because it means you care. So you can't be, but you can't be embarrassed and, oh, just pretend that you understand because pretending is not helpful at all. Right. Absolutely. And you brought up an important point that when we're speaking, we're talking to someone in another language, it can be especially hard. There's another layer of difficulty because we may not be used to that name. I mean, for me, when I speak with someone else who's a native English speaker, I have enough trouble just with people with American names. But imagine if we're from another part of the world. So can you give us that phrase one more time that we can use to ask the person to repeat, for example? Absolutely. Your name is a little difficult for me, but I'd really like to get it right. Good. I love that. It makes the person feel like they're very important as they are. As, indeed. as they really are. And yeah. in, that, in that regard, the second tip that I have is maybe uh, if you're in a, a kind of a business context, you can just ask them if they have a business card. Because then you're going to see their name spelled out for you, and and you can learn it that way. Especially some of us are more visual learners than auditory learners, and yeah. and then you can when you look at it, you can say it, you know, check with mm-hmm. the person, did I say it correctly? And if it if you're working with students who don't yet have their own professional business card, although I I even recommend that students get a simple business card because they're out yeah. networking and about to have sure. jobs. Um, is that they just, you know, ask the person to write it down if you just spell it out. Because, again, that visual aid can really help you remember the name. And then while you've got it, just try to remember in the conversation three different times to work that name back into the conversation. Like, you know, that's a nice tie, Bob. Or right. okay do you, you know, do you often come to this restaurant, Mary? Mm -hmm. And then... The repetition will help you remember it so that when you finally say goodbye, hey, it was great meeting you, Sherman. 
Right. That's great. It serves two purposes, right? We It helps us to remember through the memory of just learning a simple word. And it also makes the person feel recognized. And it gives us that sense that we're important. As we said, the sweetest sound in any language is our name, essentially. Good. So, all right. So asking for a business card. I like that. Is there a third tip that you could let our listeners know about how to make this work, Ab- this use of names? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like to do often is to make up a mnemonic. And mnemonic is a $10 mm-hmm. word, but it's simple <laughs> and hard to spell, but it just means a memory aid, something to help mm-hmm. you remember the name. And I can give you a great example. Just last uh, week, I was at an international student conference. And I met a student, international student from Michigan State University. His name was Hao Chen. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to make up a memory aid, I thought of the question word how and then the bottom part of the face. Chin. Oh. Okay. Now, <laughs> okay. putting these two together may not be the perfect way to say his name, but it was close enough to let Hao Chen know that I cared enough to make the effort. Okay, interesting. So the mnemonic mnemonic device was in your own language, but it still worked for a name essentially in another language, in the Korean language or Chinese, right? Right. And and this this little trick helps my English brain remember a name that otherwise might not make sense to me because, you know, I speak a couple of languages, but Chinese is not one of them. Chinese is not one of them. So we're bridging between our own language using that mnemonic device and then moving into that that other language, the person's name. Absolutely. I like it. And how did that work? Were you able to remember the person's name by the end of the event? I was, I'm able to remember and share it with you right now. So this is (laughs) several days since last week. So it absolutely worked. It works. It works. That's great. That's fantastic. So your three tips, asking the person to repeat the first one, right? Asking for a business card and then putting together some type of memory device to make sure that we remember. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one other thing that's interesting is learning the common names, right? So just kind of getting familiar, right? Do you ever work with your students on what the common names are in American culture? I have a special list of probably the top 100 or so names for both females and males that I share with them. And also Mm -hmm. the nicknames, because as you know, some names have a number of possible nicknames. I'm thinking of Elizabeth could be Liz, Lizzie, Libby, Beth. There's 10. Yeah. So, (laughs) and, and so they really appreciate learning that, but I also use it as a, as a pronunciation exercise when I'm teaching them correct pronunciation, because again, if you're saying somebody's name, you want to get it correct. Yeah, that's really, really important. I mean, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just to, well, let's throw out some common American names for guys. Let's throw them out there. Just if we can think of them. What do you think would be the top? It depends on generation, right? Of course. Sure, sure. But I, I, well, the one I always use is Bob. And in fact, I have two great Bob. friends named Bob. All the <laughs> best friends, Bob. But right, right. Bob, Tom, Mike, Michael. 
Mm-hmm. John is one that came, you know, when I was Absolutely. in school, it was Mike and John. Every boy was Mike, John, maybe Dan, Daniel. Sure. Those are big ones. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then some names are cyclical. They they come into fashion and then they may go out of fashion for a generation or two and then start to come back. One thing I've noticed about uh, English names is that biblical names are often popular really over centuries. So, you know, names like Sarah and uh, Abraham and those sorts of things. Yeah, so those will never go out of style. They'll always be around. I remember in my generation when I was growing up, Sarah was a hugely common name. Um, Also, let's see, Rebecca was common, I think. Uh, What else? So Sarah, Rebecca, can you think of any women's names that are common that our listeners might want to know? Definitely Jennifer. That's his Jennifer. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Catherine or Katie. Katie, that's huge. Yeah. And Megan. Megan, Jessica is another one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so if you guys can familiarize yourselves with these really common names, you know, the top 100 or the top 25 common names in the U.S., you'll have a much easier time because you will have primed your brain, your mind to prepare for that name. And then when you meet someone who does have that name, you'll be more likely to remember it, too. Absolutely. Yeah, Lindsay, if, if we have a second, I'd like to give your listeners uh, a little bit of an exercise, a kind of a okay, test for them. It. I would like to uh, request that the next three people they see, preferably not from their own home culture, is just mm-hmm. ask them about their name. So first yeah. name, a middle name if they have one, the last name, and a nickname, and just ask them to tell them about the meanings or the significance of those names. Because I think this really impresses on all of us when we hear the answers from, you know, several different people, oh, you know, my family has, I have this middle name because I have this, this honored great aunt and she's been such a matriarch in our family. And so, you know, I received this name to honor her legacy in our family or my last name means such and such. And we have a history of, you know, living in this area for generations and our reputation is very important, etc. So if you yeah. connect with people personally and hear their personal stories about names, I think that also underscores the message that names are important to a lot of individuals. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So guys, we want to encourage you to go out and do that. You know, our listeners are always looking for ways to start conversations and good conversations, not just surface level conversations. And Alan, I think this is a great example of a way to do that, to get into a deeper conversation with someone that will keep you both interested and engaged and connecting. Because that's really what it's about is connecting. You know, here at All Ears English, we think it's about connection, not perfection. We want to connect with the person across the table and not focus on being perfect with grammar or vocabulary or pronunciation. So that's fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show today, Alan. And I know that you have an interesting show going on on your end. Can you tell us a little bit about Feel Like You Belong and what you're doing? Absolutely. Thank you, Lindsay. Uh, Feel Like You Belong is a program for immigrants, uh, expatriates, refugees. These are newcomers to the United States who are a bit on the outside looking in. And our job, our mission is really to include them by bringing them into real-world conversations with other immigrants who have made that journey, maybe 5, 10, 20 years before them, so that they can hear the stories, connect with the similarities, and feel encouraged that, yes, it's possible to make a new life in a new land. But in addition, then, 
because a lot of times the, the vocabulary could include slang or cultural references that the average mm-hmm. newcomer might not know, we have across the bottom of the screen uh, those difficult expressions that are printed out. And then if you go to the web page called What'd You Say, uh, mm-hmm. okay. you, you can check out a chart with those new expressions and their meaning. So again, these are tools to help outsiders come and join us on the inside of the circle and be a part of American culture. Fantastic. That sounds extremely useful. I know a lot of our listeners are here within the U.S. or they're thinking about coming to the U.S., so I'm sure that they would find that useful. So can you let our listeners know where to find that show? Like, what's the URL? It could not be easier. www.feellikeyoubelong.com. Feel like you belong. Okay, right. <laughs> Good. Feellikeyoubelong.com. Okay, perfect. And there is there another place that they could go to learn more about your work in the intercultural training field or the other things that you do? Absolutely. I do a lot of work with foreign-born professionals coming into the United States and trying to fit into both the workplace and their neighborhood. And there are lots of blogs there about uh, the intersection of language and culture. And that's at www headbloom.com. Headbloom is my last name. It's heads like a head like heads up and bloom like flower. Perfect. So excellent. Well, we really appreciate the work that you do in this field, Alan, to help our listeners and other people who have just come to the U.S. to feel more comfortable and essentially feel at home, right, in the U.S. and be able to succeed here. So thanks so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate that. It's been a real pleasure, Lindsay. Awesome, Alan. Have a great day. You too now. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>